Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. we got a brand new week, and we're going to start off on a subject that I think is going to have a whole lot of different layers, and that is the idea of giving, giving and who we should give to and how we should give and what our attitude about giving should be. And then we're going to talk also about how easy it is to be prejudiced against people, People that are richer than us, people that are poorer than us, people of different races and different colors. But we're going to look at all of these aspects over this next week. And we're looking at Matthew chapter 19 and beginning at verse 16. And that's where the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And he says to him, teacher, what good thing must I do to enter eternal life? And why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good if you want to enter the enter life, obey the commandments. And the young man asks him which ones, and Jesus tells him. And then he says to him, all these I have kept. The young man said, what do I still lack? And Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And so we're going to start with this aspect of what's going on here this young man had a lot of wealth. He had a lot of property. He had a lot of things. And when Jesus says to him, sell all that you have and then follow me, he wasn't willing to do it. And people sometimes think, well, is Jesus saying that everybody has to sell everything that they have? I think as much as anything else, what Jesus is trying to teach him is that what he has cannot be as important as Jesus. That Jesus has to be more important than everything that we have. And he was going to show that Jesus was more important by selling it all and following him. It is easy for us in this modern America in which we live, we have so many possessions. We have so many things. Even the poor in our country typically have more than the rich, than rich people in other countries. 
almost everybody in this country has a cell phone. Almost everybody in this country has at least one television. Almost everybody in this country has all these things that, that other people would consider us rich. When you go to a foreign country, people find out you're from America. They just assume that you're rich. They, it doesn't matter if you are or not. It doesn't matter how much money you have. They just assume you're from America. You're rich because we just have so many things. Part of that is good, but part of that also becomes bad in the sense that we have so many things that they become more important to us than God. And this is what I think Jesus is teaching here. This young man, the things he had were more important to him than actually really following Jesus. If, if the choice was sell all you have and follow me, he wasn't willing to do it. The average American today, even those who call themselves believers— if we are not careful, the things we own can become more important to us than Jesus. They can become more important to us than God. They take up all of our focus. They take up all of our time. They take up all of our energy. You know, I, I can't go to church this week because I, we're going to the lake in our boat. I can't do this because I've got to go do that. I can't I can't give to the poor because um, between my boat payment, my trailer payment, my car payment, my every other payment, I, I don't have any money left. And so it is easy for us, even in this country, to put all of those things ahead of Jesus. We have got to get to the point where he is more important than all of the things that we own. Amen. And uh, I like Mark's translation of that story. And again, I, I believe it was about trusting, trusting God and, and putting him first, putting the truth first before any earthly possessions. Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and they're life. Well, Jesus was giving him some real life because he says his words are always spirit and they're always life. But look what it says in Mark chapter 10. I kind of like that translation a little better. And we'll pick it up at 10. Verse 23, then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And notice he didn't say go to heaven. A lot of people mistranslate that. Then go to heaven. He said, no, enter the kingdom of God. Look at verse 24. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. So what Jesus was saying, this guy didn't prove to me where his trust was. I, I am the living word. I, I, I'm God's number one representative. I'm giving you some wisdom, a command to show you how you can have life and have it more abundantly. But you decided to lean to this world system. You decided to put your trust in these material things and wouldn't listen to the creator of all those things. <laughs> yeah, you could have more if you roll with me because I'm the one that has eternal life and everything that comes with it, but you're going to put your trust in that. And he's telling us that today. Why don't, remember Jesus said it in Mark 11, 23, 22, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in bank account, have faith in job. He had have faith in government. He said have faith in God. And again, every day we'll have an opportunity to prove that. The rich young ruler in this particular case, he had an opportunity to prove that. Because he came to Jesus first. And he said, 
Lord, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, and then he started listing off all his goody, goody, two-shoe things. He said, I've done this, that, that from a childhood. Jesus said, yeah, yeah, you, you've done all that, but you lack one thing. Uh-oh, that's a message for all of us, Richard. We always lack one thing. When we're trying to remember, we're trying to establish our own righteousness. And God says, well, you still lack one thing. This amazing grace, I have that. Yeah, follow yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, his money couldn't buy the grace that he needed to, to be a part of Jesus, part of the family of God. Because he was saying he kept all these laws. Oh, I did it, remember? I got the works. <laughs> but Jesus said, yeah, you lack one thing. You don't got no faith in me. I am the living word. You don't have faith, and we can do that. I always like to relate the stories to us today because these guys are dead and gone. We're here today. And the word of God is forever giving birth to new facets of revelation, and it's good always. It's good to this day. So, again, that's with us. Do we trust God? Do we have faith in God, or do we have faith in our stuff? You know, the boat. Do we have faith in the, in the big house? Do we have faith in, in these things? And again, God says, no, do it my way, and I'm going to make sure you have life and have it more abundantly. He told Joshua, meditate on his word day and night and observe to do all that's written in it, and then he'll make his way prosperous, and then he'll have good success. He could have very well said that to the rich young ruler. Yeah, we don't know all the everything about the rich young ruler. We knew this part, but his, he, we didn't know if he had a wife or a girlfriend. We didn't know if she was cheating on him or not. It didn't tell us all that. We don't know if he had kids or not. We just know he was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. But just because you have money don't mean you got some happiness. Don't mean, you know, that money can't keep ulcers from coming on you. We well, don't see, know how. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Right, right. I mean, people think that, well, if I just had a million bucks, I wouldn't have another word. I'll, I'll be okay. I hear him say I'd it all the time. Worry again. Mm -hmm. Or if I could just win the lottery, I, I'd never have to worry again. You just have a different worry. Right. Because I know people that have money and they worry about losing the money. And that's what Jesus was trying to get to this young I mean, guy. They, they own stock and they worry every day whether it's market's going down. Right. They, they it, own a house and they worry every day, is it, is it underwater? Mm -hmm. And so you can have possessions. You can have those kind of things and still have worries. You're probably just going to have different worries. But, you know, to go back to this giving part, the world's still telling us the same thing today. Because the world system is, is if you give, you have less. Right. So this whole idea that that giving to God will give me more is is opposite of what the world says. So Jesus says, if you sell everything and you follow me, you will actually have more of what you really actually need than if you keep what you have. Well, see, the world though would say that's just crazy because you need that stuff more than you need the love of God. The Holy Spirit just dropped this one on me. The rich young ruler. He said he kept the commandments. He's been doing them forever. Well, he should have had a, it should have came to his remembrance, Deuteronomy 8.18. This is Old Testament. He said he know the commands. Well, he should have known the blessing about Abraham, who blessed Abraham, made Abraham very rich. God did that. He should have known Deuteronomy 8.18, where it says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That should have slapped him right in the face. And again, I like to say he didn't have great possessions or great wealth, but great wealth had him. Right. 
Because when, when he heard that about giving, the scripture said he was sorrowful at and, that saying. He didn't want to hear that. Right. And then when huh. you would say apply it to today, that's just, just all over. Anybody right. who thinks this went away with this young ruler, no. it, this is out there today all <laughs> yeah. over the place. Huh. People are possessed by their possessions, possessions right. as much as anything And else. they hate to part with it. They hate oh, that's the, the last thing they want to give. But that's why the Bible talks about our treasure and giving. And, and right. Because that's the last thing we want to give up. We don't want to part with these material things because we think we the world programmed us to believe we lost something. And no, Jesus said, we'll no, give it. we never get it back. Well, well, Jesus gave us the story. We talked about this last week, the, the Samaritan. You know, the religious people didn't want to even give their time to go help the young man out that just had got robbed and beat up. The Samaritan went over and not only helped him up, took him over to the nearest inn, Holiday Inn, the hotel, paid the clerk for his stay, and then said, on my way back, if there's any more old, I'll pay that too. Jesus said, which one he was a... He gave him a blank check. Yeah, yeah, which one was a neighbor to him? Well, the religious people were like, man, I, I got to go. I got to, I'm going to hold but on to this. When you think about that, he gave him a blank check. Right, he gave him a blank check. Nobody would do that. That'd right. be like today, you left him with your charge card and you said, just use whatever you need. Most people, that's And crazy. Jesus they left us with a question, that. which one was a neighbor to him? Which one was Christ-like? Which one took up their cross and followed him daily? Same thing today. It applies. Cause I always tell people every day, if you're a Christian, Every day you'll have an opportunity to prove the word of God, to, to prove what you claim you believe, especially in the area of giving. And we know the scriptures has a lot to say about giving. Jesus said it over in Luke 638, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking over, running together with men given to your bosom. He said, here's the principle. Here's the key to the kingdom right here, giving. And the world taught us hoarding was a key. Right. To the kingdom of right. darkness, you know, yeah. It's, it's like the saying that I always heard when I was younger, you know, get all you can, can you know, all you, you get, get, and then sit on the can. <laughs> but I mean, that's really what the, you you got to hoard. You can't let stuff go. No, you can't you can't give it up because if you give it up, you have less. And that's just this the world system we're in. Now, I mean, if we have a pie here and we cut it in half, if I give you my half, I have less. And that's just the way the world works. And so people are so ingrained in the world system and how the world works that they've forgotten what God has to say about giving. Well, see, and that's what ignites your faith on fire when you allow the world to get uprooted out of you and get the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls, it says over in James, get that rooted in you. And Jesus said something about those that follow him. He said, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted shall be uprooted. God's desire is to uproot any belief that the enemy has, has planted in us. Remember, he talked about the tares and the wheat. He designs to uproot that stuff. And he talks about separation from goats and sheep. He, but you got to allow God to uproot those beliefs. And again, that's the having faith in God. God, you said this concerning giving. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to start believing that. I'm going to transform, be transformed by the renewing of my mind and believing that. And But here's the deal. I got to act on it. The Samaritan act on what he believed. Well, just like this rich young ruler, to act on it would have been to sell Right, the rich young ruler acted on what he believed, right. too. We would have known, we know what he believed. Right, we he, know what he believed. He believed that if he gave it up, he was taking he would, a loss. He would be losing. Right. And, and so he's not willing to, to lose. He didn't realize what he would be gaining. 
But but you know what? And Jesus summed it up at verse 29. Look what Jesus said. Let's look at verse 28 of Mark. I'm reading out of Mark's translation. Chapter 10, verse 28. And Jesus picks up this conversation. says, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Verse 29. So Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands. Lands represents wealth for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. Now he said they're going to come with persecution because they're going to be hating on you. But he said you're going to get that back. That was the promise right there. Anything you've given up for the gospel or for the kingdom of God, he said you get that. Because remember, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So if I'm sowing to what God told me to do, if I'm sowing the seeds of giving, he said, no, in the kingdom, that gets multiplied back to you. It's never lost. So that's the rich young ruler didn't have that revelation. But see, the world says it's lost. Well, the world had programmed I mean, when you talk about tithing, the world would say, well, that's stupid to give you up. You know what? I, I'm a witness on that. When I, I got saved 14 years ago, been tithing ever since. And I used to, I was one, I was making lots of money. I'm making lots of money. Now I'm still, I'm making okay money. But at the time I used to sow still 10% of my income. And I just noticed in the famine time, when times were lean, God still made all grace abound towards me. I mean, right now where I'm working at now, I don't make that much money, but I, I live like I do. <laughs> But, but God keep reminding me, the seeds you sown years ago, out of your obedience to giving and tithing and just giving, that's being multiplied back to you now. Well, yeah. see, God says you can live better on the 90% than you can on 100%. Right, right. But the world doesn't say that. But the here's world a, says that's crazy. But see, we like to believe that we can sow apple seeds today and eat apples tomorrow. Seed time and harvest doesn't work like that. Remember, it's seed... Then there's time, and then there's the harvest. So those seeds we sown back in the day, if you gave back in the day, 10 years later, you can reap from that tree. It's producing now if you didn't cut it down. <laughs> if you didn't talk against it, oh, that was just wasted money. No, you can't. You got to declare what the Lord says about your giving. Lord, I thank you for the windows of heaven blessing. I thank you for rebuking the devourer for my sake. I thank you. For opening the windows, having and pouring out me blessings, I don't have room enough to receive. I thank you for filling my storehouses with plenty. You got to speak in line with what he said. I got to thank. I thank you because I've given. It is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over men, give them to my bosom. I thank you for giving seed to the sower. Notice he say in Corinthians he gives seed to the sower, not seed to the eater, <laughs> to the sower. And he say he makes all grace abound towards them. To the sore. I mean, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make sure you always have money to pay your light bill. I'm going to make sure your car always have decent tires on them. That, he's just telling the rich young ruler, I'm going to make sure you stay rich. <laughs> and we don't know whatever happened to him. He probably went bankrupt right after that. But don't say. We just assume he stayed rich. But we know he claimed he was a believer. He said, I've been keeping your law, man, since day one. Right. And then now... The truth came into his face, and he just said, nah, I ain't going to trust you anymore, truth. I'm going to go it on my right, own. If I get rid of all this stuff, I, I won't be able to make I, it. I'm, I'm going to try to live better off this 100%. I'm 
I ain't going to trust this 90% that you're talking about. I'm going to go ahead with the 100% because, um, yeah, I got all this wealth. And God says, no, trust me. It was a, it was a, that whole story is about trusting. But faith is trusting in the Lord. It was about right. trusting. He didn't, he had his been. His trust was in his stuff. And he heard about God. And there are people still to this day. This is what I want to say again. If anybody thinks this is over and done with and nobody's, there's still people today putting more trust in their stuff than they do in God. Well, it was like this young man. He heard about God. He just didn't trust in the one he had been hearing about. Because when the one he was hearing about came to him face to face. And said, okay, here it is. Peter did it. Lord, is that you? Bid me to come to you. Peter got out the boat. Peter must have trusted that he wasn't going to just sink. Because he got out of the boat and he started walking. Of course, we know he started looking at the circumstances. But he did walk. And a lot of people trip on that. I ain't never seen nobody. The scriptures say Peter began to sink. I don't know, never, I don't know anybody to just... Went in water and began to sink. You don't begin, you sank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't begin. He was walking, then he began to sink. But, it, but he didn't drown. And God's never going to cause us to drown as we well, put faith in him. Well, he doesn't drown because he has the, the shortest, most heartfelt prayer in the whole entire Bible, I think. Anyway, this is what I tell people. is This is the, the shortest, most heartfelt prayer in the Bible when he says, Lord, help me. He doesn't start out into a whole bunch of other stuff. He just goes straight into the need. <laughs> Lord well, it's like me. the other young man, too, over there in Matthew with the son that was uh, demon-possessed. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. See, that's all we got. Lord, help me. You can say, Lord, help me to understand this giving principle that you've established. Help me. It's really simple. Lord, help me not to put my trust in my stuff. Did you go right there? And remember, I I'm reminded of Scripture say he's a very present help in a time of need. Yeah, anybody lacks wisdom, it says in James, come and let them ask. But let them ask in faith. Let them ask believing, not wavering. You got to come and ask God. For, as a believer, as his child, you can boldly come and ask God for understanding on, on any matter, especially matters concerning the kingdom of God, the kingdom from heaven. You can ask God, and that's what the Holy Spirit is for, to reveal it to you. And when, it's not, when the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, it's going to sound like you. Now, you know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy he wants, according to Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sword, he wants to steal the word. He wants to tell you that it ain't true, just like he did with Jesus. Told him, if you be the son of God. <laughs> he wants to tell you the word of God is not true, but your job is to. Well, he told Adam, he told, tells Eve, did God really say you can't right. eat any of the so, fruit so, in this so, garden? So Jesus said, my sheep hear me and they know my voice. So his voice always lines up with his word. We're supposed to cast down every thought and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So if it ain't in the word. And you heard it, just just cast it down. No, that's not God right there. God wouldn't tell me to hoard. <laughs> God wouldn't tell me not to give. God wouldn't tell me not to help that person just drive right by him. That, that, remember, what would Jesus do? You know, and, and one of the aspects that we're going to talk on later on this week as this all goes through is that how easy it is to be prejudiced. Prejudice, oh, yeah. prejudice against the poor, prejudice against the rich, and we'll and we'll look at that aspect. I don't know if we'll get to it today, but how easy it is to be prejudiced to the poor in our country. We kind of have been taught that if somebody is homeless, somebody is is down and out, that that you're better than them. That they're they're not quite as good a citizen. They're not quite as good a person. That 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 no matter what, you know, you're better than they are. And how easy it is to feel that way, how easy it is for people to, to be prejudiced, kind of turn their nose up on people that are they think are beneath them. And the Bible doesn't talk anything at all about 
that as far as you're better than they are or not. He, in fact, Jesus tells him, when he tells him to sell his possessions, he sells his, tells him to sell his possessions and give the money to the poor. Jesus didn't say, sell your possessions and give the money to me. Jesus said to him, sell your possessions and give the money to the poor. And so we are to look after. Now, I know there are people that are listening, and I talked to people before who said, there are so many poor people in this country. There are so many poor people in this world that there's just absolutely no way I could help them all. That's probably true. Here's the thing. Don't use there's too many for me to help that you don't help anybody. There yeah. are people who use the excuse of there are too many. Every time I to, look around, somebody begging. But I mean, there's people that say, <laughs> they're, they're thinking that there's just too many to be helped is their excuse for not helping anybody. There will be people that God will place in your path that you will be able to help. You will be in a position to help, however that might be. But don't use the excuse of, well, there's just too many. I can't help them all as my excuse for not helping anybody. I, I'm reminded of this story that I heard years ago, and, and I tell this story a lot to people. This guy's walking along the beach, and a, and a storm had washed a bunch of sand dollars up on the beach, hundreds if not thousands of them. These two guys are walking along, and one guy starts throwing them back in the water. He says, what are you doing? He says, I'm saving these sand dollars. He says, there's thousands of them. There's no way that you could help them all. And the guy throws one back and goes, save that one. Throws another one, save that one. That's how we've got to look at it. Yes, there are, maybe there are millions of poor that we'll never see that we can't do anything about. But that one that God puts in your path that you could help, and you know God wants you to help, we need to do something about them, even though there are millions of other ones that we can't. Mm-hmm. And the scripture talks a lot about uh, having a ministry to the poor. And Jesus talks all the all the time about giving to the poor. Right, right, right. And so orphans we, and widows. Right, 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 right. And um, we have to just be mindful of that, and again, learn kingdom. Principles. Well, what we got to stop is the prejudice against people just because they're poorer than us. Or just because they have something, too. A lot of poor or not to well-to-do people are prejudiced against those that have. And, and again, we, we like to believe, and I, I think I'm, we're in the land of abundance, the land of plenty. And anybody in this country, especially with the blessing on you, you have an opportunity to get wealth. Jesus, well, the Word says it in Deuteronomy 8.18, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you a power or the ability to get wealth. God gives you the ability. I, I well, think we're going to look at that too. And the second aspect of what we're talking about here is when he talks about, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. How easy it is for people who are middle class or poor to then swell up in pride and say, see that I'm better than that rich guy. I'll probably mm -hmm. make it to heaven easier than that rich guy. That rich guy He's not going to enter the kingdom of heaven as easy as I am. And so you can look down on people that you think are beneath you. You can look down on people you think are above you. We're not to make those kind of judgments. Okay, okay. Well, that was good, Richard. No, we shouldn't make those judgments because God's no respect their person. He loves us all and his mercy and grace endures forever. And uh, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.